When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie May. How you living, how you learning, how you loving, Delilah. It's so good to be here. I hope it's good to be here for you as well. Life is beautiful, you gotta get after it. Are you getting after it? You gotta get after it or it will get after you, folks. This week is a very fun episode. We have a guest. Oh my gosh, what a gift. What a freaking gift. If you want to watch this very informative episode, go to youtube.com forward slash Jessie May Peluso. And as always, we have the Patreon page. Join the fan club, folks. It's a lot of fun. We do edible news where I take a little edible and I go through some fun news stories. That's at patreon.com forward slash Jessie May Peluso. I have a tour coming up as well. I'm going to be in Chicago, New York, Brooklyn, Buffalo, Connecticut. I believe Brooklyn and Buffalo are both in the same state, but, you know, we got to spread it out a little bit. We're going to be in Nashville also. Oh, no, take it back. Not Nashville, Texas. All the dates are at jessiemay.com forward slash tour with my girl Carly Aquilino. Come check us out. Laugh your asses off. We all need it. Laughter is healing. And speaking of healing, this episode gets into a lot of healing, ways to incorporate some tactics and tools to improve your life, and just ways to grow your health, wealth, intellect, optimize yourself with the host of the Justin Caviar Show. He does that weekly on his own podcast where he helps you grow your wealth, your health, and get into some meta-learning, which we get into on this podcast. He wants to become Bradley Cooper. That is his whole plight, and he's helping you become Bradley Cooper as well. Maybe he can help me date Bradley Cooper. We'll see what happens. I hope you enjoy this week's episode with the host of the Justin Caviar Show, the one, the only, Mr. Justin Caviar. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh the whole point is for you to laugh but you also might cry i talk about my family i talk about farts i talk about love loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me do you feel do you feel weird not being the interviewer yes i feel like i'm getting fucked instead of fucking Wow, we bring it right there. We've brought it right. <laughs> oh wait, there. are we, we live? Your wheelhouses. <laughs> are we live? <laughs> we are. We are. I was just reading an article about you that sounds like you might have written it. Did you write this article yourself? Oh shit, I'm getting the canceled. hype magazine article. Mm. Who is Justin Caviar? Is, is Caviar your is, real last name? Who the fuck is, is this, that guy? Is this like a pseudonym? Pseudonym, Lee. Fake name. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my my last name is like super Irish, so 
Um, so, I mean, we can get into my origin story, like fucking X-Men, or I could just, you know, cut right to the chase and, uh, <laughs> you do like, have a Wolverine vibe. Well, I have been called Wolverine in various locations and situations. However, that sounds real shady. That sounds real shady, Mr. Caviar. Uh, well, you know, sometimes it depends on, uh, depends on, uh, which, what you have to do, you know? I appreciate um, that. You know, sometimes you get put in a situation and you got to act like a Wolverine and, uh, we all, we'll all do that. That happens in West Hollywood. If you came out to West Hollywood, you'd have to act like a Wolverine and you would be completely yeah. attacked by a pack this, of gays. And mm, yeah, I've actually been in West Hollywood. I, I used to live in LA, ironically, not for very long, but I lived in uh, Sherman Oaks and then Hollywood, Hollywood and Vine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you might get hit with someone that is, uh, pushing around a grocery cart. But they're not at Trader Joe's. No. And they don't have any groceries in it. There's a cat, a cat. and everyone else's street mm. trash. Mm. There's always everyone else's street trash. <laughs> so I do want to get into your background a little bit. Is it true? Yeah. I, I did a little research oh, on shit. you. God damn it. Um, I just did your podcast yesterday. And I was like, we need to talk because I wanted to talk about dating and all of that. But is it true that your uncle is Buddy Rich? Or is that a bold-faced lie? No, it is true. Um, I never met the guy, obviously, because he's like right. ex- he was extremely old when I was born. I don't even I don't even know when he died, but nevertheless, Google it. yeah, we can Google it. We need we need a we need I'll a Jamie. Google it while you tell the story. All right. Well, yeah. So, Buddy Rich, apparently, and this is like where I'm still kind of wondering. Everyone in my family knew that Buddy Rich was related to my mother, right? My mother was related to Buddy Rich, this and that. I grew up my whole life thinking that I was Italian and Irish. Right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up, my sister ended up doing a 23andMe test. Well, guess what? Your boy's 25% Jewish. Wow, that's a, that's a good chunk. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, it makes sense. No wonder why I'm this smart and, and good at numbers. I, I know I didn't get it from the fat Italians eating meatballs, painting pictures. Hey, hey, so, tread lightly, buddy. Tread lightly. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I grew up the, my whole life thinking I'm Italian, and, and then and my dad's side is the Irish side, you know, from New York and New Jersey. And it turns out that I'm actually 25% Jewish. So I look up Buddy Rich. This is a true story. This happened about a year and a half ago. I look up Buddy Rich. Guess what? Ashkenazi Jew. Whoa. Did not know that about Buddy Rich. Did find out he was born the same day as my father in New York City, September 30th, 1917. Uh, My father obviously was not born in 1917. (laughs) And he died April 2nd, uh, 1987. So obviously you wouldn't know that. That's a really interesting lineage to have. I also read that you are pretty fluent musically, which I did not know about you. You spoke about it briefly, but I didn't know you were as prolific as this article that I do think you might have written, noted. No, I didn't write it. I'm to- I do, I'm I do have a PR team. <laughs> very, very, very sarcastic. It says you play 17 instruments. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, you could... It, Are we considering the skin flute You can one? consider the skin flute. You can consider the triangle, like the, the ding. The butt trumpet. Yeah, the butt trumpet. Very nice one. Very, very uh, top shelf instrument. But I think, yeah, if you really count them down, um, I, I would say, uh, yeah, around 26. Yeah. And what do you play? What are your 
instruments that are the most natural to you? Mm, probably guitar and piano. Like I have a guitar sitting here on the wall, and then I have, and then piano has always been my favorite, just because. I don't know. I always wanted to be like that Fifty Shades of Grey in the penthouse, wearing the suit, playing the piano at night. So that was always kind of my kind of my vibe. And I was like, "Ooh, man!" Actually, story about the piano. The main reason why I uh, wanted to play the piano is I was a little kid in Cape May. We used to go to Cape May every summer from Florida mm-hmm. to Jersey. And uh, there's like this old, like haunted, you know, Cape May. They're all like old houses, but they turn them into hotels. And there was a piano right there, and I had this like fantasy. Like, man, if I could just jump on this thing and just show off in front of all these people, it would be so badass. And But it was like speaking Chinese at the time. So then I ended up finally doing it and realized it wasn't really that hard. Um, you know, we, we don't really have to get too deep into music, but playing like beginner piano is actually quite easy. Playing advanced piano is very hard. And it's vice versa for guitar. Playing beginning guitar, like good, is actually pretty hard because your fingers have to get coordinated and you build up like houses on your fingers. But um, playing advanced guitar is actually relatively easy once you have the basics. So I would say piano is my favorite. But to be honest, it wasn't even about it wasn't even about the instruments. It wasn't even about any of that. It was mainly about just learning and becoming like a metal learner and trying to. Um, and trying to acquire as many skills as possible. I do have like a pivoting thing that changed in my life and it sounds ridiculous and most people probably laugh at it. But since the day I saw this movie, um, I literally restructured my life in a certain way and subconsciously am doing things like the guy in the movie. So, uh, what movie is this? I know you're going to say it, but I can't fucking, I can't handle it. What is it? (laughs) It's limitless with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that makes sense. The pill, right? He takes a pill. Yeah, so I still haven't found the pill. If anyone uh, <laughs> has a connect, shot, uh, hit up your boy. Any it's also chemist. Jim Quick's book title. Yeah, his is mainly on like memory and stuff. Um, but yeah, NZT48. Like I know it's not possible right now. Maybe Neuralink's the closest thing. But the idea that you can go from like a broke-ass loser writer that looks like dog shit walking around the streets of New York and you're drinking at 12 p.m. in some shitty apartment. Your girlfriend breaks up with you because you're a fucking loser. And then, boom, you take this pill. You start working out. You start doing this. And I don't know about you. I always thought this was kind of normal. But when I was growing up, I, I was friends with everyone. I was friends with the weird kids, the goth kids, the cheerleaders. Obviously, I was trying to smash the cheerleaders. But then the f- football players, everyone, right? And I would keep my environment um, very diversified. I hung out with, I dated um, Spanish girls. I grew up in basically Spanish culture down here. So I loved the Hispanic culture. Um, I hung out with all different types of uh, nationalities, races, everything. And I always found myself like not being drawn to the most popular kid, right? Like the quarterback of the football team. I was always drawn to the kid that like had some potential, but was kind of goofy and I would do like an extreme makeover. Like, dude, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to get you set up. And then once I, we got old enough to buy cars, I was like, dude, we're going to get the drop top BMW. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to smash so many chicks, bro. It's going to be, it's going to be game changer. We're going to get you the high rise. And I always had this thing and it's kind of like personal training, but like on a full spectrum, um, you know, but sometimes you got to be careful because a lot of those guys that are the in-betweeners, they, they hold this resentment of, um, of girls and people didn't want them at a certain time in their life. 
right? So they they build up this like resentment, like I should be this one, I should be Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm not. But I'm close, but I'm not. And the girl, the cheerleader, the blonde girl that was cheering on the squad, well, she should be with me, and I think I might have a chance, but in reality, I don't because I'm I'm like a six and she's a ten, right? So I'm not the ugliest guy, but I'm definitely not the hottest guy. And when those guys turn around their life, I've seen it so many times. They they try to take the credit like, oh, I was bound for this no matter what. And then they sometimes they turn on you. So as I've gotten older, I've learned to really, uh, really be careful where I spend my time helping people, um, you know, accelerate their life and, and stuff. Because I was, I'm taking and the time out of you, my that's life. That's what you do. That's what you, I, that's a I part know. of your, it's, it's me though. You have your hands in a lot of different areas and I do want to get back to the, yeah. you mentioned meta learning and I want to get back mm-hmm. to that in a minute, but talk about what you're touching on now where you, um, help people improve their lives. I know branding is a big part of what you offer to people, but also mm. it's, encapsulating like a lifestyle and evolving yourself. So talk about that a little bit. How do you do that? How did you get into that? Tim Ferriss. I listened to Tim Ferriss. Uh, so I read the four hour work week back in like 2008, 2009 when I was still in high school. And then I, and now he's become like pretty spiritual and, and that's cool, but I'm, I'm still in that, like, you know, want to dominate the world mode. So he probably four did hours. ayahuasca. Wait, wait till you do ayahuasca. <laughs> It'll all shift. <laughs> I know. I'm not drinking that shit. <laughs> it's just testosterone and Adderall for me, babies. But um, if you see here, you can't. So that's the 48 laws of power. And then behind, or no, the laws of human nature behind there is the four hour chef. And so the four hour chef is basically a cookbook in disguise of like a meta learning book. Like the whole first section is meta learning, how to, how to become world class at anything in like a short period of time. And that kind mm-hmm. of ties into the limitless you know, Bradley Cooper NZT thing. Like he started speaking French within a week of listening to the language. He got really good at poker. He got good at sharpshooting. Like that's like, that really turns me on. He's driving the Maserati. He's going on private jets. Like it's not even the fact that you're showing off. It's just the fact of like acquiring these skills. I've always been a huge person of of skills and that's why I love Tim Ferriss. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, I do help people. Um, and that's kind of why I started the podcast was to kind of, get right down to the bones. Like, okay, um, what can I do to accelerate my life? If I click your link, what's going to happen? You know, the conversation me and you had, because you're such an easy person to talk to and you're so awesome. And it's like, you know, we're on that like high friendship level, you know, maybe that's not the best to do list podcast where you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to this one. But I also like those too, because it's just talking shit and we don't know where the conversation is going to go. Um, but ultimately, I do like that checklist, so I try to create that for uh, the listeners of the podcast, and um, and yeah, that, that's essentially uh, how it goes. I, I do branding, but I kind of stepped away from branding more just to focus more on the, on the podcast because now I've invested so much money into different businesses that they're running on autopilot. Uh, so it's not really a you know should I double down in a business and go from like a million dollar business to a you know a hundred million dollar business like that that the amount of effort to put into something like that would take all of my time and I wouldn't be able to learn Chinese and learn Spanish like I'm doing right now and do my hobbies and, and learn golf and take golf lessons on in set on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. I wouldn't be able to do that because it would only be about like, how can I go from like one mil- How can I take this business from 1 million to like 10 million or 
50 million. It takes a lot of work and effort. So, um, I'm cool with diversifying that out. So, yeah. And it, it, it sounds like your identity comes from gaining knowledge. It sounds like your output in life and your value comes in how many skills and skill sets you have acquired and are acquiring at what, at what point do you slow down and how do you take rest and where does rest factor into all of that for you? Cause there was this conversation, um, that sort of divides people where there's the mentality, there's no sleep till Brooklyn sleep when you're dead. There's no work life balance. I've heard that my whole life, my entire career. And then there's also the conversation we're starting to have in the culture and the world now where we're realizing the value of downtime and the value of doing some self-work. So where does all that lie for you and, and how do you recuperate? Because I think that's important regardless of what side of the track you're on as far as where rest falls. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've struggled with my whole life. Um, my, my dad is almost 60 now and he has more energy than me. He's like typical New Yorker on the go slumlord millionaire, you know, just acquiring as many properties as possible, collecting rent checks. That's kind of who my dad is. And he has Your so dad's much a slumlord. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to slumlords. Wow. Whole other podcast. <laughs> shout out to, down. shout out to uh, rent collectors. But, um, I, I think there's a genetic component. Um, mm. also like nature and nurture, I think I kind of grew up that way where, you know, if I was playing video games as a kid, my dad would come in and he's like, get out of the room or I'm breaking it. And, you know, sometimes I would try, you know, especially when you get older, you try to fight back and try to puff up your chest and he would just take us, he'd be like, okay, I'll be back and come back with a hammer, and just smash it into a thousand pieces. He goes, okay, now let's go outside. So he was Has very he hard. That? What, what did he do that? Oh yeah. Yeah. He smashed your game console. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like. Anyone that grows up in New York or has New York parents or Jersey parents, like they don't take no shit. Um, and a lot of my friends from the islands, I, I can, I can, uh, you know, relate to them because their parents are the same way. They, they don't play no shit. Not this like pampered private school, you know, American lifestyle. Like they, it, it was different when I grew up. Um, I can relate to that. You know, I grew up in upstate yeah. New York and, and I, my mother was a disciplinarian. So I, yeah. I can totally relate to that. She used to hit us with a yardstick. I used to make the joke. She didn't use a ruler because <laughs> she knew we were going to be bad two more times. So she just doubled down. And <laughs> one time my mom, <laughs> yeah. one time my mom hit me with a wooden spoon and it broke over my ass and I started laughing and I said, didn't make a fucking dent. And she goes, okay. And my dad pulled out a metal spatula. He's like, I know this one's not going to break, you know? So I was a wise ass too. So, uh, I think it's kind of in my nature, you know, having like everyone from, you know, New York and Jersey is kind of in my nature, even though I grew up in Florida. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember one time I was watching Disney sing-along songs and I had just gotten it. And and uh, my dad is like, it's time for breakfast. My mom made breakfast. And my my dad's kind of like the hardcore dude. And my mom is the person that loves everyone, wants everyone to be happy. Typical like Italian. Now we found out Jewish woman. Right. And uh Fine line. Fine line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they kind of look very similar. It's, it's kind of hard to tell the difference between a, a Jersey Jew and a Jersey Italian. It, it looked mm-hmm. very similar. Turns out I'm both. So she said, oh, breakfast is ready. And, you know, me being like a little brat, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. 30 minutes later, he's like, okay, you, you, 
are you coming to breakfast? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. He's like, if I come back here and you're not ready, then like there's going to be problems. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And still being a brat, pushing the limits, because I've always kind of tried to push the limits a little bit. He just took the, this is when we had VHS tapes. He took that thing and smashed it into a thousand pieces. I had just gotten it like the day before. And he's like, it's time for breakfast. So at the time, obviously I hated that. But looking back on it, it kind of built so much of my personality of competitive and in sports too as well. Um, and my dad was my coach and he was, he was the hardest on me. Like he would, to the point where he would rip me down like a Navy SEAL would. Um, you know, so I, I think that's, that's a, that's a good thing to have. Um, even though some people listen to them like, Oh my God, it's child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think times have changed. Different. We grew up, I grew up with my mother using a physical force when she needed to. I mean, if you look in the animal world and mammals, it's a very common practice obviously we aren't tigers but we are <laughs> wait you're not a tiger are... <laughs> Rawr. i mean not right in this moment but usually i am i don't know i think you might be able to turn into a... remember animorphs <laughs> remember those books where someone oh, would turn yeah, into a yeah, fucking yeah. turkey yeah it's me i'm not a yeah. turkey but i'm definitely a, pre- yeah. a predator <laughs> shout out to turkeys though shout out to turkeys um there definitely is a benefit to discipline and today it's called abuse but when we were growing up, it was disciplinary action. And, you know, it, I can relate to that. What I, what I want to know is how, and I appreciate all that because I definitely, it makes sense to me just learning about you and learning about this hunger for knowledge, which is another thing I want to get into. Yeah, but first it. I want to know, what do you do to rest and where does rest lie in your oh, yeah. career. Sorry, in life. we got a little off track. I will, I will keep us on track. <laughs> yeah. So rest, that's always been a hard thing for me. Um, I would say, man, I mean, there was, t- there was years of my life where I literally would just go until I passed out on the couch and I'd just wake up and go again. Years, my, in my, probably all of my twenties, you know, getting four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, you know, when you're younger and I don't drink, so I got away with a lot. Because if I were to do, if I were drinking and doing other stuff, I would not have been able to bounce back as easy. But I don't drink at all, really. Um, you know, a white claw here and there periodically. But I'm like a blonde chick at a hockey game. You know, I'm not getting, I'm not getting blasted. So I think that had something to do with me kind of being like, okay, I can actually not sleep as much uh, because I don't drink alcohol and I'm, I'm pretty like discipline but the recovery part was the hardest thing and then i got into sauna and cold plunge and all that stuff and that that helped but it's still you're not getting those hours of sleep you're not getting that deep sleep so the biggest thing that changed me and i still again i'm not perfect i struggle with this every day is is uh and it sounds cliche because everyone talks about how important it is it's uh it was meditation and i I listen personally to sam harris's um waking up app I, i I have a subscription to that, and I listen to that every morning. And sometimes I wake up, and there's there's fires going at there's fires going on, or I have to put them out. And there's wars, and there's this client wants this, and and this person needs this, and I'm trying to you know you're juggling stuff, and then I have two dogs, and the dog shits on the carpet, and then the other one's throwing up in the on, in the office. So it's just like you know you can't ooh, just uh, it's, ooh, <laughs> yeah you hear that exactly. in the middle of the night yeah. ooh, uh, you're like fuck oh I wake up like fucking Frankenstein like. Every time. Who's I, doing it? Who's throwing up? No, hundred, hundred thousand percent. You would have thought I was the fucking undertaker if some one of my dogs throws up. Um, so 
it doesn't happen every day, but I make sure, no, I, I do it every day, but it doesn't happen the first thing. Um, I'm, but I do make sure I listen to Sam Harris's waking up app because it's like drastic difference and you don't notice it. It's not like taking a pill and boom, it's like, you know, you're taking speed. It's not a pre-workout. You know, you take, you do this and you slowly realize the importance of you're not just doing stuff to do it, but you're getting the important things done. Like Peter Drucker, the, the exec, uh, the effective executive, an amazing book. Um, Tim Ferriss talks about it all the time. That's right. That's where I heard heard of it from. It's not about just doing something. You ever know those guys that they're just doing shit? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But they're still broke. They're just they're busy being broke. They're yeah, oh, I'm so don't, busy. Don't I'm doing this. I'm doing that. That's what I'm saying. So with meditation, when you're not when your life is chaotic and sporadic and you don't have a clear vision, and, and it's hard. Because there's so many things going on, you got a lot of Karens in the world, you know. So there's a lot of things to distract you. You got to be, you got to stay real disciplined, like a gladiator. Um, you know, I just watched the Derek Jeter documentary, and from my fa- my family being from New York, I love Derek Jeter. And I remember he was just every every single time something would come up, he would just say, "Damn, I don't, now I have to deal with this because this is just another distraction, another distraction, another distraction." Right? And people get so caught up in the distraction world. So meditation has definitely helped me. Um, and you can any type of meditation, any type of mindfulness practice, I would say, uh, is probably going to be beneficial. Just make I sure you don't well. do it. Bef- just make sure you meditate before you drink uh, caffeine. It makes it a lot yes, more I difficult. One hundred percent agree with that. And meditation for me is something that has changed my life. And I agree with you that it is not something that you notice right away because meditation by nature is a practice. It's something that you need to practice and learn where you can get the most benefit. I think people hear meditation and they misconstrue what it's really like. Like most things, we make assumptions about. Usually our our assumptions are wrong because they're based on fears and past Mm -hmm. traumas and other people's opinions. That's why it's always important to try new things before you make an assumption about it because you're just saying you don't like an avocado, you've never had a bite, you find out it's delicious or you find out you don't like it. The most important thing is that you try it. And with meditation, I think people psych themselves out because they think it's too hard and i've always heard oh i I can't calm my mind down it's not about calming your mind down it is about corralling your thoughts and gently learning how to bat them away like they're just balloons in the room that's the the that is the practice that's that's the the whole point people complain about the whole point And, and sam harris is probably one of the best in the world so i do think that people should do tm you know, so someone is like walking you through and every single morning that I listen to him, he'll say, now your thoughts are coming in and observe those thoughts. He's not saying, oh, you have these thoughts. You're bad at meditating. You failed. You're a failure. No, that's the whole point. The whole point is to get distract the distracted mind and come back to the thinker and push that shit out. And it's a muscle. It's just like biceps. It's just like anything, anything that you do. It's a muscle and you build these habits. And when things creep into your mind, just like when people creep into your life, you're practicing the art of pushing these fuckers out. And it's the same thing with bad people. It's the same thing with bad ideas. It's the same thing with bad attitudes and emotions. You're practicing getting hit with it and then relinquishing it and then saying, no, not today. And that's the point. 
So it's good that you're thinking about a bunch of random shit. That's a survival mechanism. So you didn't yes. get eaten by a tiger or get raped by Genghis Khan. So this is a good thing. We need these practices because it goes against our DNA of just surviving and fighting. You know, fight, flight. We're either going to run and hide or we're going to fight to the death. But we live in a different society now where you have to be able to – you're going to get blasted with social media and TikTok and all this bullshit. You have to build the muscle to push all that shit out or else you're never going to get do. anything done. We do. And it, in this society today, there's so many – uh, pharmaceuticals that are being prescribed mm-hmm. and I don't not condone them. I know a lot of people who benefit my sister personally from pharmaceuticals to help them get through their day. And the thing about meditation is these thoughts, like you said, are inevitable. They're inevitable and they're piling up in this modern society because we are inundated with so much stimuli, more stimuli than we are meant to handle because it's right now in the palm of our hand. Before it was, you know, newspaper and then it was billboards and then TV. And mm-hmm. now all this has been infiltrated into our home, into our bed. We're, we're getting pummeled with commercials in our bed. And that's a place where you really need to create a space. And that's another thing about meditation, that it creates a space for you to take those thoughts, which create stress in your body Mm -hmm. untended to thoughts create and manifest in your body in inflammation in your gut issues cancer all of these inflammatory diseases and disorders can be linked to stress and anyone out there who's listening and curious about meditation it truly is transformative i know there's a couple people listening and thinking it's a woo-woo well, situation. people think when you hear meditation and you're not in the space or you're not, you don't have like an open mind with it, people think it's like some dude with flip-flops and a long robe that tries to fuck everyone's wife. So I get it. Wanderlust. Well, like, it's, it's also <laughs> like that. It is also like that, yeah. but there's, yeah, there's right. some really bad yeah, shout out to Shout out to cult leaders. <laughs> I've never met a cult leader that didn't try to fuck everyone's wife. Just saying. <laughs> Sounds like a good well, time. I think it's important. <laughs> It does, it, is, it does sound like we a good time. We need the log weekend. Yeah, let's go. We started cold. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm digging into the meditation with you because I think it's important for guys like you, a bros bro, no yeah. offense, but no. you are a very heterosexual, like testosterone and Adderall man. I think it's Which important. Which I don't do, by the way, guys. There's just a joke. It's just a vibe. Yeah. It, we totally understood it was just a vibe. It's It's important for you to talk about that because I think... A lot of the times, women have an easier time doing things that call upon them to go inward than men do. I think men naturally have a hesitation to go inward and to mm-hmm. get in touch with their emotions and unravel the, the hold that their thoughts have on them. So I think it's important for you to talk about that. You know, you were saying how it might not be a popular thing or it might be weird to hear, but I think it's good that you mention it. So I appreciate yeah. you being open about that because oh, oh yeah, I know sure. to to be as, as successful as you are and having your hand in all of the mm-hmm. the work that you're doing, there has to be a center. That's why I asked. I wanted to know where your center was. The, is there the, anything the, else besides meditation for you? Yeah, and I think this is the most important part. And I think women can women can relate to this more, being on hormones with birth control and progesterone and, and all these things. Um, not always, but hormones really, they really do guys. 
hormones dictate how you live your body the way it produces it dictates your sex drive it dictates your thought process it dictates your motivation it dictates your and some people would even say your morals because i know some guys that have gotten on trend which is like the hardest steroid you can do and they call trend the relationship killer because you just start fantasizing and you can't stop right and then you get off and then you're back to normal but you just like destroyed your relationship because you tried to fuck everything in sight um, there's, there's actually a uh, shout out to uh, Derek from more plates, more dates. He did a video that a guy did trend and turned him into a, a homosexual. And then he got off a of trend and turned back normal. Never had any desire to sleep with men. Yeah. So what is that? Is, is it, does it make you obsessive over something? I don't know. I've never or done it, trend. It, it kicks in. It just, it's, it's made for horses. Wow. You know, it's like, I mean, you get it from a, a vet office. Situation. <laughs> Yeah, but these are like what these bodybuilders and, and stuff are doing. Even guys at the gym, just local Joes at the gym in L.A. and, and here in Tampa, people are doing trend just to look good. And and uh, and, and so I, I would say the biggest thing besides meditation is if you feel that you're in a rut or you feel that you're not the best version of yourself, go get your blood work done. And guys have this issue where they don't want to. They don't want to go to the doctor and they don't want to get their blood work done. But I'm telling you, please get your blood work done. Check your test levels. Check your HGH levels. Is your pituitary gland releasing hormones? Like my growth hormone was very low, but my test was really high. I had high total T and I had high free testosterone. So I didn't qualify to take exogenous testosterone, right? And some people might even say that, well, maybe that's why you're so driven. I know guys that have low T. And they're fine with just having a normal job and coming home and watching TV. For me, that sounds like being in fucking hell. If I'm not getting shit done or getting smarter or getting more wealthier or or helping somebody else better themselves, I feel like I'm wasting my fucking time. So, and I'm obsessive with that. I'm an extreme personality, so I got to be careful what I pick and choose because I'll allocate tons of time to, you know. You go all in. Yeah. Like, it's like, boom. So... And there's been times where guy I know I, another story that Derek said about a guy he knows a CEO that naturally has 1,700 total tests. That's bodybuilder level naturally, and he's a multimillionaire. He runs giant corporations. He has a million things going on. Never gets tired, and he's like resilient. He gets flamethrowers shot at him all day, and it doesn't matter. He's walking right through the fire like a renegade. So I have read about you know and, and have experienced hormonal imbalances and the fluctuations in your behavioral patterns, your appetite, everything. Your, People think it's just muscles. Levels. No, it's, it's so your mind. Important. It's how yep. you think. It's how Hormones you think. Hormones are made in your gut and, your, and in your brain. And it really does regulate your entire system. Yeah. I know a guy, perfect example. I know a guy, this dude was the man. He got all the pussy. He was tall. He was shredded. He was jacked. He was the man. He also did gay porn, but he was the man. Like this guy was wow. the man. I used to go out with him and spectrum. the girls wouldn't even look at me. This guy was six four and he was a naturally skinny guy, but he was on testosterone since sixteen. So because he was naturally skinny when he did steroids, he his muscles got bigger, but because he was a skinny dude in general, like a, he was like a twig before he got on testosterone. Because he got on the T, 
his muscles blew out. His shoulders blew out. His traps blew out. But he was so shredded because he was naturally a skinny guy. So his problem was building muscle. Well, now he's doing steroids. So muscle were good. Now that's like the perfect dynamite combo. So his waist was like this big. And his shoulders looked like he had shoulder pads. And he was a great-looking dude with jawline, everything. And the guy slayed. Every time we'd go out, he literally had the choice of sleeping with the hottest women and, like, tons of them. Like, girls would just blast him. I would see it. I would see girls, like, look at him a certain way. reason why I'm bringing this up, he decided one month that he was going to stop taking testosterone. Guess what happened? You know why? Um, I don't, sometimes I think like, besides it sounding a little dangerous, the way he was handling it all with, I mean, he was a reckless guy in general. Like it sounds a little reckless. Yeah. He was a reckless dude, but I, I tend to hang out with reckless people, but you can, you can understand you like what to com- fix comedians. Things. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like comedians, like comedians are reckless and they're fun and you know, normal, like uptight people just like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can be friends with them. I like extreme people. I like crazy people. Um, so, so that's why I was, I was when he drawn to him. Testosterone. Yeah, he stopped and he literally like went from being the most alpha guy you can imagine. Like I've never even seen this in movies. This guy was the man. He was charming everything. He stopped taking it. The dude was so emotional and got to the point where I was like concerned that he might be suicidal. Mm. And his confidence, he went from like, no, I'm going to take you out because I'm the man and you're going to jump in my car and we're going to go. He had a Ford Raptor, a red Ford Raptor. And he's like, we're going to go. And the girls were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, he was the man. He's like, no. A raptor not- sounds, with all due respect, sounds like a date rape vehicle. <laughs> sounds like we're, we're going to get reported. Especially when it's rape. red. Especially when they it's red. They won't sponsor <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Red Raptors. <laughs> That's, Shout yeah, out to be- rape victims. I am one. Don't get triggered. Uh, Find uh, your healing. I'll man. put resources in the show notes. But my point, um, but my point is to wrap this up is that he went from being literally Prometheus to being a guy that you were concerned for his life, and that was mm. all based on him not having hormones. What about women? I know so many women that are on that have an IUD, not the copper one, the other one, and they have no sex drive. It's interesting I- how much fluctuations in our life cycle, especially as we get a certain age. Um, that we don't know. It's interesting. I guess not interesting is the wrong word. It's unfortunate that a lot of us don't have the access to the information. Knowledge is power, you guys. And you know, when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and for your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a kid. For me, it was getting three dogs. But for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. I've had different types of pricks in my house, and this is a prick I'm looking forward to. Mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You're going to get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, which is how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for the next steps. Traditional testing can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility can get you the same info at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash sharp, S-H-A-R-P, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you guys have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars towards modern fertility. 
Look, if you want kids today, or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, go to modernfertility.com slash sharp to get $20 off of the test. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands of dollars it would cost at a doctor's office at the comfort of your own home. I almost said doctor's orifice, but that's a totally different appointment. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash sharp, S-H-A-R-P. I actually have a hormone testing kit on my counter right now because I'm going to be 40. I'm very healthy. I'm well balanced. I don't really drink a lot. I mean, you know, I Mm -hmm. do love my, my marijuana, but I'm also a very driven individual. But because I have access to this information... I thought, well, I'm going to test my hormones and see where I'm at at 39 years old now, feeling the healthiest I feel. Let's see if the internal is reflecting what I'm feeling now and seeing like what my progesterone levels are like, what my mm-hmm. estrogen is, what my testosterone is, because there's a there's a high chance that I could have an imbalance and I don't know. And then a lot I of people think do. Of a lot of people that do. If it's not, what it's, if it's not your to. growth. Yeah, if, if it's not your growth, it's your test. If it's not this, it's that. If it's not, you, the point is. Stop fucking playing guessing games. You don't know. Just get tested. Check your blood levels. It's it's super simple. You go into the clinic. Someone draws your blood, and then they send you an email, and then you're like, oh, you should come in. And nine times out of ten, they do a virtual visit. It's so easy, and it's so detrimental to your overall health and your in the way you think and the way you live. Uh, I've even I don't know how true this is, but I've heard girls that were on IUDs tend to like more beta males, guys that go with the flow, that are more caring, that are more, you know, nicer and just a more kind individual. And the second they get off, they're not attracted to the beta male. Now they want the alpha, the warrior killer guy. I've heard that, that so many times. Happens, it also happens in our natural hormone cycle because our hormones fluctuate naturally within our own monthly cycle. And you are, I know for myself, depending on where my ovulation cycle is and I know where it is because I have the app. (laughs) I also am a hypersensitive individual. I can feel which side of my body I'm ovulating from that month. I can actually feel my fallopian tube go with the egg. I'm like, there she's, she's heading down the highway. You might be an X-Men. I'm a witch. (laughs) You might be a fucking X-Men. I'm going to call Professor Xavier. I'm going to send him an email. Like, dude, hook up my my girl Jessie. My superpower is ovulation. (laughs) Yeah, so she'll fucking... I know... Shoot eggs at her. (laughs) Shoot eggs at you. That's her (laughs) superpower, and then you can't move because you get stuck in the egg. (laughs) But it is true, and it's interesting as a woman to know that to know that your what you're attracted to fluctuates in the month. And women listening might not even know that's what they do. But take a little note of who you find attractive at the store on your (laughs) app. Because, look, I've gone back and seen who I've swiped right on, and I was like, yikes, ruh-roh, what was I yeah. thinking that night? <laughs> oh, I wasn't yeah, thinking. Exactly. My body was ovulating. And yeah. I was going for dudes that look like they ripped trees out of the roots. Yeah, exactly. So there is, there is a science to what you're, you're saying. Like, um, you're like, fuck, I can't believe I like Jake. Fucking douchebag Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you... Um, about all of the work you have your hands in and Mm -hmm. what is the most gratifying first tell people a little bit about your sources of income and your revenue like where where you are working the types Mm -hmm. of industry you're involved in and then tell us which one of those is the most gratifying 
Yeah, I mean, we're in a lot of different things. I have partners. I have a medical business, Hair Heads MD for hair hair loss. Here's a here's a uh, thing. It's pharmaceuticals. That hair. Hello. Yeah. Hey, his hair ain't going nowhere. Ain't going um, nowhere. Ain't going nowhere. I got this Italian Jew. Let's go. Um, but so I have that. Oh, my partner's a neurosurgeon, um, and that's one business. I have an electric uh, company. We have call centers where we do deregulation. We have a PR company that I've part that I partnered with. Um, the podcast with sponsors generates money. Um, real estate, and then obviously, like then you can get into like you know like investments like cryptocurrency and stocks and stuff like that. So I would say I have about like four, um, but the most gratifying by far, like by far, and they're all, all these businesses are successful. They all make a lot of money. The by far is the podcast because I get to talk to individuals like you that is world-class in their specific field. And I can literally pick your mind when in any time in history, could you do that? Unless you were already in the space, it's impossible, right? And I'm not saying you could start a podcast and have access to, you know, celebrities and, and, and then world-class experts in their field. Cause it's hard. It's a grind. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to be just a lucky person in general. Um, that shit just kind of like happens for me, but I know people that start a podcast and they don't get any traction for years, like three, four five years, zero traction. Their downloads don't increase. So I, I do think that I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that space. Obviously, I'm not the most, I'm not the biggest podcast, but not even close, right? But I'm, I'm, but I'm lucky that we're able to make giant gains, and then the amount of guests like Dr. Amen and Ben Greenfield and, and people like you, the people that I have that I, I can call them my friends, like fuck the money. And having access to their information, I had Dr. Yeah. Amen on as well. I owe yeah. him an email every Friday. I have to email him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he let great. Me know. He is great, and he, it's because of him. I realized like what I was joking about my whole life was really the truth that I have ADD, and I thought that that was just something everyone had. Like everyone jokes about OCD and ADD, like and I Captain didn't Crunch. That I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we talked. I didn't about. realize it was a real thing, and it it was so validating to have a point of um, a reason and mm-hmm. something to understand myself more about what through podcasting and talking to all of these people and all these different professionals. And like you said, people who are excelling in their careers, what has been the most um, surprising thing maybe you've learned about yourself doing all these interviews? Yeah, I, it's a good question. Talking to different types of people that are experts. I realized couple a couple big things right so a couple key points is people people just straight up think different they have different morals they have different uh you know goals they have different goal-oriented results that they want to achieve people are just straight up different i know scientists that could care less about money they don't get paid a lot but they're super intellectuals and they're obsessed with their work and then i have business people that the bottom line is are we profitable or not Right. Mm-hmm. And I like all of these fuckers, all these fuckers. Right. I would say the biggest thing that I've learned from talking to all these people is that there is so much shit that you don't know. So don't be a know it all. Opt- <laughs> optimism is key. And you see it so often. And please, guys, please don't think you know everything. And even if you're right, try to see it from the other person's view. I see it so many times where people get married to their ideas 
And now that hinders their growth, right? It's like Ryan Holiday says, ego is the enemy, right? Very popular book. Mm-hmm. It really is the enemy because if you have no ego, there's no ego. You don't care about how you're perceived, which I do think caring about how you're perceived is important. But if to the point where you don't want to be wrong, when it's clear as day that you're wrong, I know so many people that their lives are the exact same for the past 20 years because they're not willing to admit that they're wrong. And when you don't admit that you're the problem, right? When you don't admit that you're the problem, well, how the fuck are you supposed to get better? Because yep. apparently you're Prometheus. You're, you're, you're the king. You're King Leonidas. You know everything. You're the ruler. You're Xerxes, right? Mm-hmm. So how the fuck are you supposed function, to get better? A lot of people function from their ego as a uh, way to compensate for their insecurities. And the ego is an important aspect of our being. It's definitely, I think, living in the survival area of who we are as human beings. It, it, it allows us to have some pride and some pride is good. Mm-hmm. There's a balancing act to be had between the ego and the self. You know, the ego says, I know, and the self says, I don't know. And I agree with you where having all these conversations, you realize there's so much information out there that if you just remain curious, can really provide you with a different perspective. And you talked about people not wanting to change. I read this about cognitive dissonance, which is our brain's Almost, it's not its inability, but it's res- it's resilience to learn and to change because it requires us to have to adapt again. And our brain's constantly trying to make our territory safe so we can survive. So new information is a threat. So there is a, a neurological response that goes on that is somewhat of a protective uh, layer to to us as, as human beings. But yeah, that being and, said, and we still have the ability. Yes, Yes. To know that we don't know and to know that it's important to it's hard, remain man. curious. It's so, it's, I think it's one of the hardest things as, an in, as individuals and as, a, as people that we have right now in society. It, it, look at what's going on politically. We never really get political on this podcast, but just in general, people butt heads about anything. Yeah, it's just a distraction. That's how I look at it. It is gonna, a distraction. You're going to, especially like trolls, I'm sure you experience this being in the comedy space and being like an upper echelon comedian, comedian, like you're, you know, you're up there, you're getting, I'm sure you're getting hit by trolls all the time. Um, I delete them. Like, I block and delete. Cause right, I'm right. so lucky. I have right, such because a you're, loving but, but fan But you're base. an intelligent person. You're cognizant of all these things. You're an advanced homo sapien, right? I but, thought you were going to call me a homosexual. I was like, wow, I'm in a new <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, wait, you're not? Uh, anyways, no, so... I just don't understand how you would like take the time out of your day to like write something when you could be learning French. Mm. Like you're just you're taking time out of that. That's why I set reminders and, and timers for everything. Um, just to I keep was going to ask track. you. So yeah, please. Uh, I have all my notes here. Um, <laughs> what are a couple things that you can tell our listeners uh, that are tools they can implement to mm-hmm. deal with, avoid, and get rid of distractions? Yeah, I mean, meditation, we already talked about that. Do it even if in the beginning you're going to think nothing's going on. You're going to think you're making no progress. And to be honest, in the beginning, meditation, 99% of the benefits you're going to get is from breathing, especially from nasal breathing, not mouth breathing. It's going to be breathing. And breathing, I hate when people bring up breathing because it's like, okay, everyone can breathe. But it, it is important. 
I do think there's better things, but it is very important. But most of the benefits you're going to get is from breathing and then over time. So I would say meditation for sure. Set timers for literally everything for a week until you become a master of that specific routine. So if you're implementing a new habit or maybe you have a bad habit, you have to force yourself to do it because it's not formed yet. So I would, for the first two weeks, set reminders, like literally when you set a time, put in gym. And then you literally, if you want to get hardcore with it, you can say like every meal. And then if you really want to get hardcore, you can write down what's in that meal and then the timer goes, right? But how often do people, they're doing this and they see their neighbor and they got to walk the dog and boom, before you know it, it's seven Three hours have gone by. Exactly. So you got to stay on track. And with technology, utilizing technology, it's been the easiest time in the world to stay on track and, uh, and keep going. I don't think you have to do that forever. I think once it becomes a habit and it gets so ingrained, I think it's like kind of being an A1 or not A1, C1 in a language. It, once you become a C1 in a language, you don't have to ever speak it again and you can go What's back. What's a C1? So it's, it's based on the European scale. So complete beginner is A1 and C2 is like basically you can do high level academics in that language, right? So let's say, for instance, you're learning French. If you become an A2, and I know this from talking to polyglots like Ollie Richards and Benny Lewis and all these top people that are polyglots, speak 10-plus languages, and their business is around uh, language learning, right? Um, That's incredible. Yeah, so like an A1 is complete beginner. C2 is super expert, right? If you get to, If you don't get to B2 or at least B1 and you move out of the country or you just stop speaking the language – you're going to forget 99% of that. But if you can get to C1 in a language, let's say you live in Egypt and you're learning Egyptian Arabic. Let's say you get to C2 in Egyptian Arabic and then you come back to the United States and then you spend 10 years in the United States and then you go back to Egypt. You will be able to speak fluent Egyptian Arabic like that because it's like so ingrained into your brain. It's like, it's like getting branded right in your fucking forehead, right? With a hieroglyphic. With a hieroglyphic, Exactly. So with a giant eye and a fucking golden eagle. So that's the same thing with building these habits is once you build them in the beginning, you're going to be fucked. You're going to be fucked up. You're going to want to do other shit and you're going to try to distract yourself as much as possible. But once you engrave that into your brain, it becomes a habit. Then you can be a little bit more lenient. Um, Also journaling. I hate journaling. I hated journaling my whole life. People even Tim Ferriss, my idol, would always say, oh, journal this, journal that. And I was like, oh, journal, that's such a pussy shit. Like, I'm not going to journal. What am I, fucking Stephen King? What am I, writing a diary, right? And <laughs> Alicia Keys. So, you know what I mean? I love like, the honesty. I really do. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's sort of like soft dudes writing a journal. Like, you know what I mean? What am I, Mark mm-hmm. Twain? So, so some people do like just straight up write their feelings, and that's okay. It's not what I do. Not my cup of tea, but if that's what you do, that's great. Not you, but just people listening or in general. I use, I utilize journaling. I write down what exactly I did in the time that I did it. So, so if, do you journal at the end of the day and do a recap of your day or is it so, as you go yeah, along? Uh, sometimes as I go along, but you know, life happens, but I make sure before I go to sleep at night, right? Before I go to sleep, I write down everything that I did. Here's I why. That. I appreciate that. Here's why. You might think you're learning French for two hours a day. But if you really, like if you were like fucking big brother watching yourself, you probably learn it for 20 minutes. But in your, your mind, 
fucking plays a mind trick on you and it, you're completely mind fucked. You think you're, oh, I'm, I don't know why I'm not getting any better in French. I've been spending two hours a day. Well, no, you haven't, buddy. Sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake. You have it. You have I'm it. For him. <laughs> you have it. When you write down the journal, and you can't wait a couple of days because you'll forget about it. You have to do it that day. You go through your day and you write down the actual time frames. And that's why the timers help because you can mark it. Like, boom, done. Mm-hmm. I'm done at 547. That's when I stopped learning French. Boom. That's when I stopped um, my golf lesson, right? You write it down. And then at the end of the week, calculate the amount of hours that you did each skill. And then you can have an honest assessment. And then you can either push more or pull back more. But if you don't write down the exact hours and you don't calculate exactly what you're doing day by day, then it's like a hypothesis. It's just in your head. And nine times out of 10, you're going to lie to yourself and you're going to think you're doing more because everybody wants to think they're doing more. But in reality, you're not doing shit. I think that's a great tool. I'm actually going to implement that. I journal. I'm uh, an emotional creature and and have been dealing with my emotions and and having epiphanies. So I find a Mm. value in that. But I also am task oriented and I haven't done the timer thing. I'm going to implement that. So I thank you for that input. That's super helpful. And I think people listening might think it's extreme, but you have to ask yourself, what do you want out of this one life you have? What do you want mm-hmm. to achieve? It is because extreme. You, it's, it is extreme, but life is extreme. The fact that we're even here is extreme. And people will keep rolling in the hamster re- wheel and blaming the world why they didn't achieve something. It comes down to you. So if you want an extreme result, you have to put in extreme work. You know, and, though, right? Like, you know. Like, you know. people, you know when you're, like, dicking around. You know, when you watch, you know, when you fucking jerked your dick three times during the work hours and you watch Pornhub and you played video games and then you wonder why you're, you don't have a Ferrari. Like, you know. Like, don't people lie to yourself. Tell themse- people also tell Those, themselves yeah, a story of and grandeur. it becomes their truth. Delusions of and, grandeur. Exactly. And... um. It's so funny. You and I have such a great conversational flow. I, wa- I again, didn't even get into the thing that I had initially wanted to, which was for us to talk about the the. We'll do another, we'll do another one. We'll We're going to do another we'll, one. We'll just do a fucking segment every every uh, Friday. <laughs> we'll just talk shit. <laughs> I do love your extreme approach to life, and it's evident in it being successful for you. And I hope yeah. anyone listening. Um, has gotten a new perspective. If, if my bro fans out there want access, even women, even women and, and women too. But I, I, yeah. again, you know, I have, I kind of have the woman angle covered. I think it's important for the men who listen to know that there are resources. If you're a bro and it's, if you're a bro, it's fine. I have nothing against bros. Um, Can I do a checklist for the, for the audience? Just, yeah. just to keep it organized Absolutely. for people. Cause I'm all about like tactics and tools and I'll hacks. time you. All right. Ding. Put a timer. Ding. Um, Meditation, try it. You can do for actual tools. You can do Sam Harris's waking up. Um, I think there's head head space is a good one, or you can just literally go on Spotify and go to the meditation section and then just do it. Don't focus on your, on your results. Just do it. And then when you start thinking about something else, come back to it. That's number one. Number two, go to a hormone clinic, check your levels, make sure everything is running right. And if a medical provider thinks that you can be a little bit optimal, especially if you get a little older, then um, then listen to your medical director and your medical provider because I'm telling you, hormones dictate how you feel. Obviously, there's crazy people no matter what, but, di- but hormones dictate everything. Your body chemistry dictates everything. So that would be number two. So meditation, number one. Obviously, diet, eliminating all the bullshit. 
we can get into, you know, we could have gotten into what to eat, but just, just, it's more, you want to focus more on not eating bullshit. Just keep it, make it simple, get your hormones checked. And then yeah, set timers and then journal your pro your progress every single day. And if people think it's extreme, well, yeah, guess what? Being a famous comedian is that's extreme. Yeah, that's extreme. Driving that's a Bugatti extreme. is extreme. It is extreme, but having again, a helicopter is extreme. Extreme measures if you want to have extreme results. Exactly. Exactly. Um, before we go, so we've got meditation. We're gonna throw in clean eating, eating because you mentioned that. Yeah. Check your hormones. hormones setting are timers. Huge. And journaling. I'll put those in the show notes for you guys so you guys can copy and paste. Before we go, we have a couple questions. Are you cool with that? That the oh, fans shit. asked. Oh shit. This one's yeah. really hilarious. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I think I'm gonna do this one last. Right. Uh, this comes from uh, Tatum Temple, who often submits questions. I think a good Tatum question Temple. for you. Sounds Great like name. one of those cin- cin- Cinemax porns I used to watch in middle school. <laughs> or a Nicolas Cage <laughs> yeah. uh, like Middle East thriller. Um yeah. Top three favorite books of all time. Top three, just off the, off the top, I would say Laws of Human Nature, Robert Greene, Four Hour Chef, Tim Ferriss. I'm trying to balance. And then I would say, I'm, I'm going to give them four, either Mastery from Robert Greene or Awareness. Those all sound really yeah. challenging and, and enlightening. Um, I'll put those in the show notes as well. We have a lot of show notes today. <laughs> Richard Price 1111 asks, how do you look like a serial killer while looking like the nicest person simultaneously? <laughs> American Psycho. American Psycho. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. American Psycho. Shout out to Christian Bale. <laughs> By the way, Great ass. Oh, my God. When you, in that shower scene, I, I've been trying to get that ass for years. <laughs> Justin, you have been an alight, enlightening delight. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for breaking the bro stigma, which I do think that there is a book in there for you where you can tap into the, the bro-ness of it all and write a bro code uh, from your own experience. I think your story is interesting, and I really appreciate our connection. Oh yeah, I appreciate Arca- you sharing your time. Great. I look forward to all the podcasts that we do because I feel like we have. We're gonna a do few, a lot. We're gonna do a lot. We're, we're gonna do a lot. Tell my listeners a book. where they can find you. I am Perfect. writing a tell, book. Yeah. Tell us where we can find your book, your well, podcast, book, all of that. Yeah, the book is still like a year in the making, but basically, it's about having thick, fat rhino skin. It's so the biggest a, thing. The, the taint. Yes, my taint. The taint. Oh, I'm writing a book about my taint, my Perfect. thick rhino skin taint. No, what you have rhinos, to have thick skin. <laughs> yeah, it's just rhinos about th- having thick skin. And I think the Got book's going to be called Rhino Skin. And people are going to be like, Rhino Skin, well, why is this in the uh, self-help section? And it literally is being able to just be relentless in the tools and tactics. So um, just look out for that. Uh, I would say everyone go to the Justin Caviar Show. It's streams on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you get your uh, your podcasts at. And then you can always follow me on Instagram, etc. I'm probably the most active on Instagram, but yeah, podcast comes out two times a week, Monday and Thursday. And if you're looking to accelerate your life and basically become Bradley Cooper and Limitless, then, uh, then that's the place to go. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to our conversations to come and you are a freaking delight. <laughs> right back at you. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.